Monocles. We'll be right back. Any salsa? Ahi? Ahi. Ahi. Uh huh. Uh huh. Ahu? Huh? Ahu. <laughs> wow. Oh. Awesome hot shit right now. Get it at 443-742-2134. Now back to the monocles on soflowradio.net.com. Dot dot dot. now for something a little different. The Monocle started out as a written blog, created to chronicle and give purpose to a sudden abundance of time. With a laptop and a curious mind, a new task was assigned. It was a personal one, to find fulfillment, to be happy every day. The Monocles allows for an expansion of knowledge and healing through stories and laughter. In the Monocles, there's joy in examining and discovering. The Monocles will share the stories about the many people, places, and comminglings that have appeared along this path through a blog and an intention. Alchemy is real. Words, written or spoken, have power and heal. Smile! This is Miami. The opinions and views expressed on the Monocles are not necessarily those of the host, the SoFlow Radio Network, or its sponsors. In this medium, we can do what we want. my dearest longtime friends from the bottom of my heart welcome to the monocles thank you so much honored excited and absolutely filled with gratitude to be with you here right now at this moment in time (laughs) likewise ditto we have been friends forever And although we don't get to see each other much, I know that we're still very, very close in our hearts. And the most amazing thing for me is that when I found you, because the internet was created for me to find you, (laughs) it was the eve 
right before I took my first yoga teacher training final exam and I know that I reached out and then lo and behold here we're also a yoga teacher <laughs> that is incredible that is long term from teenage years karma that we would circle back like strands of DNA circling back towards each other. Totally. I don't think we ever, well, I certainly didn't know what a yoga teacher was when we were suntanning on the roof of your house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I heard the word yoga in my life back then. But right, so now you're a 1,000-hour certified Dharma yoga teacher. Tell me about this. It has been the most phenomenal and unbelievable journey to have the opportunity to be underneath studying both my 500-hour, my 700-hour, and my 800-hour teacher trainings with Sri Dharma Mitra. He is a guru's guru, has been teaching amazing students all around the world for over 55 years and 50 years living and teaching in New York City, a beautiful lineage that he's created embodying all eight limbs of yoga. And as you continue to go deeper and deeper, moving past just the asana and the pranayama, when you do other levels of 700-hour and 800-hour teaching, you even get into learning how to teach his method, his perspective, his lineage of yoga nidra, psychic development, and advanced asana poses such as Dharma 4. And in the 700 hour, I even had the opportunity to study a full range of different pranayama methods from Nadi Shodhana to Ujjayi breath, just all many, many beautiful pranayama breath and meditation perspectives and learning how to teach people of all levels from beginners and novices to the most advanced teachers is really exciting. And then having the opportunity to teach all over the world in many places around the United States that I have was also very exciting. Um, it's just a beautiful way to grow as a person internally, and then share all of the knowledge because there's a lot of reading that you have to do with each, a lot of assignments, a lot of writing of uh, thesis, a lot of thought and dedication behind the teachings, and then also the self-practice. So everything that you learn in New York City in the training, you then go home and do about three months, four months of self-practice every single day, including a vegan diet. And you also literally practice what you preach. And since you've moved through certain experiences, then you can beautifully share certain knowledge and experiences. So that's what I have been up to for the past four or five years. Wow. Getting and researching these upper experiences levels of teacher trainings. And is a thousand hours the maximum? That yes. I mean, that's like the top, top, top. So you're pretty much like a, a PhD level yogi. If you want to put it in those clinical terms, you know, in those <laughs> educational terms, I did get the PhD of yoga from, I feel, the best place that I could ever imagine. If you were to talk about an Ivy League education, maybe this is like that. This is like that. But Sri Dharma is a gentle, dedicated, loving, true yogi, and every embodies every aspect of what he teaches. So the respect... And the gratitude that I have for him is now my friend, my teacher, my guru, as the master himself just exceeds anything. In a real deep way, it teaches you how to be an amazing human being. And you know, as from going through teacher trainings, you grow, you evolve, and you share. It's and, very, right? Yeah, very, very true. I was lucky enough. Um, I've only done two 200 hours mm. training. 
So maybe that equals 400. I don't think so. <laughs> but um, one of my teachers in my last teacher training um, studied um, on in New York City. So I got a little bit of taste of that, which is real. I really gra- gravitated towards. So I can totally get where you would certainly um, continue to grow and learn from such a skilled um, teacher, such a great philosophy. Tell me about some of these. I love Yoga Nidra. I'm a huge, huge fan of Yoga Nidra. And I have to say that I've been starting to experiment with Yoga Nidra during Savasana. So I typically will give 10 full 10 minutes of Savasana at the mm. end of all of my classes, except for in the pool. Um, and, um, what I've been doing lately is giving a very, very quick, maybe five minute yoga nidra intro. And I'm finding from my students how much deeper their savasana is. And it's quite mesmerizing to me, um, because we typically can go deep in a, in um, Savasana, the corpse pose at the end of a yoga class for anyone who doesn't know is a pretty much lay down, do nothing kind of pose. I joke that it's my favorite and best pose in yoga, but I find that when um, I've been incorporating just like a very quick yoga nidra script to it, my students go so much so much more deeper. Yes. Well, Sri Dharma always mentions that this deep relaxation is, and this guided deep relaxation that we give to our students is the antidote for all impurities. So he, he often says that if you leave the body by itself and you leave the breast by itself and you start to rest now, you just let the body rest completely, and then you go through yoga nidra cues, the body can almost lose complete consciousness. And if there's a chance that you might lose, lose body consciousness, you might have the chance to lose all physical body awareness. And in that case, one can move beyond the body, move beyond the mind, and just rest in the temple of your soul right there in the spiritual heart where everything is perfect and you are you. You are the unencumbered 13-year-old you. And that's where you lie in a state of creativity and deep, deep, deep healing. And it's nurturing and it's needed so much in this day and age. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was my understanding that Yoga Nidra takes you into theta brainwave state, which is our dream state. And that's why when you bring in the Sankalpa, it goes straight into your subconscious. And it happens. It really happens. And during the Yoga Nidras, we do give um, opportunities for people not to fall deep into sleep by keeping the mind active with um, cues of body parts and then cues of sensational experiences like the body is feeling very cold now or the body is feeling very warm now or imagine a very busy New York City street people feeling very, very busy. And then imagine a beautiful lake with a big tree and a yogi sitting under the tree. So you have visualizations to keep your mind busy. And in my nidras and in Sri Dharma's teachings, you even remind the person. In the beginning, they almost say, they say three times, I will remain awake and alert during this practice. Mm-hmm. And then maybe after you've done the left side before you go to the right side of the body, you remind them again, maybe with a chime of uh, a singing bowl or with the sounds of um, a chime that could remind them not to fall asleep. So you're right. You're sitting in this brainwave relaxed state, but 
some people fall asleep completely. You hear the snoring and that's okay. Their body needed it. But if the mind can stay alert and awake and follow and actually watch the mind become the witness of your own mind, then you can um, be deeply relaxed physically and the body can take on that heaviness, like a bag of muddy water. Imagine all the silt, all the dirt, all the twigs falling to the bottom of the bag. And what's left is just clear water. Then from there, your brain can really, really go into amazing spaces. It's that heavy relaxation. I keep repeating lately in my classes, we are living in a chronic state of stress yes light and the purpose is then to move into rest and relaxation yes it's so difficult for many of us to release and let go and relax because we're so trained and accustomed to that stress that busyness that we feel sometimes that we have to, if we're not busy, we're not doing anything. And there's so much to be gained from that state of, um, I sometimes say it's like from um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the boy who gets lost in between and the television and he's like mm. in space. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're lost. You could be lost. But you know, the interesting thing, Monica, is that this is such a healing and rejuvenating practice, the yoga nidra, that you can literally do two or three nidras a day, 20 minutes, let's say a half hour a day, and maybe need to sleep less and feel completely invigorated throughout the whole day and night, just because you gave yourself a minute to decompressed and and do this practice it's a really healing it's so amazing I love it and um I'm very grateful uh, correct me was um is this yoga nidra came out of a dharma yoga lineage right yes well his his teacher yogi kalishinandananda kalishinanda is um some people call him Yogi Gupta, and he brought the practice from India to the United States, and Sri Dharma was um, one of his disciples and lived in his ashram in New York City when he did open one up for a long time and learned it all from him. And it's really, it's really a way to use the body on its own. You're almost your own healer, your own doctor, natural, no medicines, no added plants. This is you relaxing you. And once you can understand this technique, you really can take yourself and your students to great levels. Now, this Everything that I learned, we are taught at the Dharma Yoga Center of, you know, the purity of the practice. So it's a very exact um, monologue or dialogue that you have when you teach it. It doesn't vary from day to day, week to week. It's like a, a script almost that's memorized so that the body does exactly where it was meant to take itself from Yogi Gupta. It, so to speak, it's pure, handed down vocally and now written down in some training manuals that we receive, but it's a direct lineage, no variance, mm -hmm. which I love the purity of that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's special, you know, it's really special. And the fact that you're doing yoga nidra in Miami and teaching your students that uh, it's beautiful because a yoga nidra is probably one of the best gifts you can give anybody, right? Asana is one thing, but nidra, whoa, that's something else. I have this um, secret desire to have a art show of photographs, portraits of people before doing a yoga class, and then a portrait of the same person of their face 
after yoga. And it's really quite amazing. I always know when I've done a good job based on my students' faces and who's relaxed the most mm. and who hasn't relaxed that much. And it's, it's amazing. It's like all of a sudden there's like a diffuser in front of their face and all the lines are gone and all the stress is gone and it's visually changing. It's quite astonishing. So somewhere, someday I'll have this exhibit of the before and after portraits. <laughs> oh, I think it would be phenomenal. I think you would, uh, people would just love it because you do, you see it's the yoga bliss. You just see such a complete draining of all impurities, all toxins, and vibrancy, rosy cheeks, circulation. You know, I've been doing a lot of inversions in my practice the past seven years, eight years, and I can always feel inside of me the difference when I've spent time in my inversions when I do a practice because just the head and is so clear and the mind is so vibrant and then the face is so relaxed. It is like getting a facelift upside down, (laughs) you know, I, you know, my, my, my physical ailments really restrict my use of inversions very little. Um, That's just my own blockage, but I do refer to inversions or even just forward bends as like that natural Botox. (laughs) Well, the forward bend is, is an inversion. Your head is underneath your heart and all the blood is rushing to your head. You're just not putting the pressure on your neck and your vertebral column that one would if they were putting all their bones, you know, balanced on their head. But it's true. Like all students are different everybody's body is different, different age, different experience, different fears, different ailments. So many, everybody's different. And yoga provides for every level. That's the beauty of yoga. Absolutely. The modifications are there. Um, You know, I I took to aqua yoga recently because it does, it's the great equalizer. And I'm seeing so many students that it's the mental, um, the blockage where you're like, no, I can't do this because it hurts. No, try it because in the water, you won't have pain. In the water, we're weightless. You know, I try to remind people that it's okay. You're going to be able to jump and it's not going to hurt you. So that embodying for everybody and the modifications are just really, really amazing. I love the Dharma wheel. I just looked down. My foot's resting on a Dharma wheel. That's Oh, yes. I love teaching the Dharma wheel. Um, The Dharma wheel is amazing for your back, for both um, stretching your back, strengthening your back, relaxing the muscles on your back. And um, they've been shipping them all over the world. And I have about 10 of them in my studio and we do Dharma wheel classes but sometimes I recommend everyone if I if you come to the studio early just grab the wheel and for five ten minutes play with it roll on it expand your back on the wheel I'll tell you do you know how the wheel came to be no oh this is a great little story so Sri Dharma is a master of not just yoga but he is creative and very resourceful and loves to invent things and build things and create things out of recycling or things that he finds. He's just a really interesting carpenter and very, very talented. So one day, many years ago in the 1970s, he's walking through New York City and he sees this big PVC pipe that came, must have been discarded from a construction site. And he picks it up. And he's like, I know I can do something with this. So he brings it back home and he winds up cutting it into a more narrow piece, making multiple pieces and placing a carpet or fabric around it. And then realizing it fits the perfect arch for the spine. 
And then playing with different ways to roll the spine, relax the back, stretch and open up the hips, the body. So he created this wheel, this space. And then over the years, it became much, much more developed into something that can be sold and marketed and made in a factory, so to speak. But it all stemmed from his vision that my back can open if I had a tool that I can roll over on. I found this thing. Well, how can I repurpose it? I can do something creative with it. And that's the type of um, beauty that I love about people with yoga. They can, their lives can become a little bit more vibrant because the creativity and the ingenious self, um, how could I say, the thing that sparks you to do things can happen after you've relaxed and felt more connected with yourself. Totally. It's like, I, um, it's like the static is gone in your head and you're getting a direct download of inspiration. Yep. And you you kind of tap into that fountain of infinite potential that we all have inside, but maybe it's been blocked off for X reason, life. But right. this, you remove that, that static in your head and then you go, aha, now I can use this. I've ordered this special um, laminated series for the Dharma Yoga Wheel from the center in New York City. And because and down here, I haven't found many teachers who will lend and lead the class. And I have mm. shared it with some of my students. And I always begin with, I don't sell these. I'm not pushing it, but try it. <laughs> because it's yeah. amazing. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And Dharma's son, Dove, is teaching Dharma yoga wheel classes around. And um, so maybe you'd find a class. He's actually doing a certification, I think, or he was working on that at one point. But um, there's lots of, if any of your listeners go to New York City and the Dharma Yoga Center has classes throughout the week, wheel classes taught by a lot of amazing yogis. So it's fun to even take a class and take pictures and take notes. We did that in our trainings. And I often go just to take a wheel class. It's really fun. It's very really fun. Yeah, very, very fun. You know, something you said, I was thinking about, Monica, something you said about just opening up and amazing things happening. Don't you feel also through meditation and yoga, you get connection sp spiritually to people? not just ideas and amazing things open up like on a personal connectivity with people in your life. Totally. There's, there's something that um, it's almost like wearing a jersey for a special team or your favorite team that other people will relate to it. I find that I'm a lot more psychically connected. I can, um, sort of read people better more than what they're letting on and I know for a fact that people have approached me and will say wow this just actually just happened a couple of weeks ago a gentleman came into a room where I was in and came beeline straight for me and he wasn't hitting on me it wasn't anything like that but he just started to explain to me the kind of energy that he saw. And he said, you know, you're, you're very, very peaceful. This is why I came to talk to you. You know, I could see your aura, like so many things that, which now leads me to my next question to you about the psychic development, which is so interesting. I think that when we become relaxed and we start to train ourselves to relax, we eliminate the static in our mind, get a more direct download and more of the confidence to go with that. But tell me about the psychic development training that you've had. So the psychic development training is, now Sri Dharma doesn't always teach psychic development anymore in New York City. There are some other amazing senior teachers such as Andrew and Adam who are teaching it. So I felt really blessed in the 800 hour to have a chance to study the psychic development from Sri Dharma himself. And it's a very interesting set of exercises, beginning with the mantras, OM, and the mantra for purification. 
then moving into the mantra for unification, the Soham mantra, and then a number of different exercises that bring the mind into focus and calm the mind, including uh, pranayama and visualizations. And once you become, takes to do, to do it on your own, to self-do it probably takes about 25 minutes. Um, when you're learning it and studying it or teaching it, it probably goes for about 40-minute sessions. But once you can incorporate it into your life easily and um, for uh, three and a half months, do it every single day on my own. And now I've cut back to about three times a week, but I was doing it every single day. And basically, you're visualizing the body, the breath, the, the inner energy, your chi, your prana, moving through different parts of the body. And then there's a, a couple of different series. And it's really special because even you get to enliven and, and wake up the chakras. And so when you're doing these the practices, you become completely connected to a meditative state. A lot going on interior for a very, very long period of time. So you're exercising dhyana and dharana, two of the last two uh, limbs of yoga. And through that, at the very end, you can sit after you've completed this series of beautiful exercises for 5, 10 minutes, 15, 20, whatever you want, with clarity of your mind, your third eye, Ajna Chakra, completely open, and you can work on your dreams, your hopes, your thoughts, things that you want to come to fruition and, and visualize it step-by-step step happening, create like a little YouTube video in your own mind of exactly what you want to achieve or desire to come to fruition. And Sri Dharma always says that when you do wish for something to happen, wish for it to happen because it will benefit others as well. Even if it's monetarily or something gaining something materialistic, hopefully that something will also incorporate other people that could benefit. Like let's say you wanted a new car because your car was breaking down and you just needed something to get you from point A to point B, whether it's a car, a motorino, a Vespa, a bicycle is constantly breaking down, you desired a new one. Well, one of the reasons why maybe you have that desire is so that people could travel with you to yoga class or you could attend and teach the class because you have the method of getting there. So it's just... visualize the people coming in, the people enjoying the food. And if you look up to the ceiling, there's a plexiglass ceiling and you can see the mats of all the yoga students in the yoga class upstairs. And so is it interesting that you can bring thought come to be, but it's not like you're hoarding it just for yourself. Your intention is to share, not practice a parigraha, keeping it all for yourself but opening up your generous heart so your wishes and desires can affect others. It, I totally agree with you. And it is a beautiful thing to be able to share. Um, a few years ago, I took a couple of courses with, um, for psychic development. And just yesterday, so funny, just yesterday I shared with one of my students after class something that I learned from um, my courses in psychic development was a way to create what you wanted, that to-do list of things that you wanted, goal setting. And different from what I had learned normally, like just layman's term that, okay, so maybe I want to lose weight. So these are the steps that I'll take to lose weight. I'll drink more water. I'll exercise more. I won't eat sugar, that sort of thing. And what I worked on with my teacher in psychic development course was a different way to go about reaching and attaining your goals and your desires. So you take a piece of paper and you divide the paper into three columns. One column is professional. 
The other column is personal. And the third column is spiritual. So, you know, you meditate, you relax, and then you turn to your list. And under each category, put the things that you want to attain, but without any thought on what you're going to do to get to them. And really think big, dream big, whatever it is. And what I was sharing with my student yesterday was I um, happened to do it several times, but I did it once on a Word document. And I upgraded my computers and years later, three years later, exactly, I went back to my old computer for something. Yay, welcome back, Barry. Perseverance. Thank you for being so patient. I say sometimes that the universe. Yeah, I say sometimes the universe kind of puts little roadblocks for us, and these technical difficulties happen because we're talking about something so powerful. Yes, it is. Actually, I wanted to say something to you very interesting. This from your development teacher that I was taught that it's not something that you share with everybody. Actually, it wouldn't be an open class to the public. It's almost like select people that are on this mindset pathway that are receptive and that are ready to initiate the, the training, the learning, open to this you'll know because they'll be your students. You'll know because you know them a little bit better than someone who you've never met before that just strolls in. Of course. It's very private. It's very, very quiet and subtle too. It's a subtle connection, not an in-your-face television commercial connection, you know? I get it. You're absolutely right. Um, and I was going to ask you how you've incorporated this psychic development in your classes and do you, but now you just answered that. But I do incorporate it into my classes, for example, on Thursday after my um, regular class and Friday after my regular class. I, I know some people that want to stay and practice psychic development. We did it all summer. And they would just stay a half hour, 40 minutes later, or we'll do a yoga nidra if that's what the group prefers. But I do know that there's a select group of students that over the course of my study and going through the 800-hour teacher training, I had to teach to X number of students and also have them evaluate and write out evaluations on the experience, me as a teacher and their own personal experience. So in order to graduate and through the 800,000 hour teacher training program, I had to teach it. I think there were 12 or 15 classes that I had to have evaluated and teach with a certain number of students per class. So I brought myself into the vibe of who I'm going to invite to experience this and who I, who will be in the class, but not close it off to people that I don't know. But after they've taken a couple of Dharma yoga classes or months of Dharma yoga, they're ready to, they're receptive, I should say, to move into a new learning space of a different style of yoga class. Right. I've mainly shared it with my private clients. Yes. Uh, yes. Especially, I can recall one woman, especially who was in sales. And, yes. Uh, you know, we used it to, she would travel a lot and it was very stressful for her to travel. And we tried to work on um, techniques for her to relax on her way to these appointments and have the outcomes that she wanted to have and I felt like she was very receptive and we did a lot of exercises for her and how she can mentally prepare and prepare the space even if it was in the future but prepare the space for her to have the outcome that she wanted and needed well that's beautiful Monica I mean I want to take private classes with you when I hear (laughs) you're so powerful you can do that I want to 
fly down to Miami just for an hour and a half to be with Monica and fly back to Ohio. Well, you know, I'm your friend in Florida. In Florida. Monica's in Florida. I think I lost my Brooklyn accent, Monica. I don't even have it anymore. Oh, I'm so glad I lost my <laughs> Oh, Barry, I could speak to you forever. Yes, I, there's I, so much to talk about. And so our many. hearts are still connected. And I love Yes. It. And so what's next for Barry, the yoga teacher? What what do you see? What do you foresee? What what's happening? I know that you have a studio. Tell me about that. Yeah, so Dharma Yoga Ohio, I am um, a real uh, link and one of the sister studios of the New York City Center. And there aren't that many of them around the world. So I feel completely honored in the presence of Dharma Yoga Baltimore, Dharma Yoga Vermont, Dharma Yoga Cyprus, Berlin, Asia. There's, you know, they're all over many wonderful places in the United States and right here in Aurora, Ohio. So my studio is connected to or in side of Spa Walden. We are a unique spa, a healing, relaxing, beautiful spa at the Inn Walden in Bucolic Aurora, Ohio, outside of Cleveland. And um, growing my studio and the number of students who come to do privates, group, before, after a spa treatment. And of course, our beloved teacher, Sri Dharma, comes once every year and a half. He's been here four times already to teach to the Cleveland community, the Akron community, and people even drive in from Michigan and Chicago and like Detroit, a lot of students come or even New York City or Pennsylvania, different parts of Ohio like Columbus. So I, I really love growing and expanding programs for the community, bringing what they want right here to them. And I just feel that I want to grow more as a Dharma yoga teacher in terms of sharing and teaching all around the world, um, any city or any country. I've had the opportunity to teach in Italy, and it's been really amazing. And um, I've taught in different festivals, like there's a great festival I've been teaching there for the past years called uh, Yoga Farm Fest by uh, Worcester, Ohio, Flex Yoga, Ohio. This wonderful teacher, Emily, invited me to come. And that was fun teaching to a more Southern Ohio community at an outdoor festival in the middle of the summer, in the middle of Amish country. It was pretty special. I love sharing everything that I have. You know, I, I really like to practice a parigraha, non-hoarding, and try not to hoard all the knowledge from me. Just open up my heart, share this his ahimsa-based lineage and enable others to feel the freedom and the love of their own spiritual selves that I've found, not to get too corny or anything, but we all want to be loved. We all want to feel self-love. So bridge what is happening externally thrown at us to how we can evolve internally. And I do feel that the breath is the bridge from the thinking to the feeling. And in order to heal, we need to start to feel. So by going inside and seeing ourselves literally from the inside out, that's how we get to change and evolve. So for me, myself, I've grown personally you know, I'm a mom of three kids, and it's quite a journey to Something have else? three Something children Something we, have, we in have in common. Is that crazy that we both have three children, three adult children? Uh, those special times, you know, it's very, I just came from teaching a class this morning, and most of my students were, actually all of my students were retirees. And most of them were from, guess where? New York, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. 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 <laughs> and I was using Love words it. like tukus. Tukus, <laughs> all the Yiddish words that Monica, you really knows. <laughs> it was, they would look at, they were like, how do you know that? 
Brooklyn. Oh, it's so beautiful. No, but you know, like if you were to think about where you want your life to evolve to be deeper, richer, connected with your family, and then continue to share your passion, your passion for yoga, your passion for art, your passion for food, just your passion for life. You are so vibrant, Monica. You are so shining. Your heart is so big and your light is so bright. Just keep shining that. You're so sweet. I love you. Yeah. I love you. part, Part of this podcast comes from that. It's taking the knowledge that we have and you're not doing any, like a friend, a yogi friend told me many, many years ago, I was like, I think I'm going to go somewhere and just, you know, be alone. And she's like, you are doing no service to anyone, especially yourself. If you go off somewhere, you need to share what you have and give it to the world. And so that's kind of where the, um, the inspiration for the monocles came from the first podcast for sure. And now this series of podcasts taking that information what I know who I know all the beautiful talented people yogis that I know and sharing that and maybe it makes a difference for someone even for 30 seconds that will give someone the opportunity to say let me take a deep breath with awareness let me go take a yoga class let me read a book and see what this is about and I, th- I think that's what we're meant to do. We're meant to share. And you're doing I the think... same beautifully, Miss Barry. Thank you so much, Moni. I appreciate that so much. I, I made a commitment and I took a personal vow. And um, I feel my, my work for the rest of my life is to keep sharing yoga every way that I can, any aspect of it that I can. And even if it means with some of my clients talking on the phone or sending them a quick text to remind them or doing a quick online or on phone consultation, I just think you just keep sharing keep sharing. You can follow me, your viewers, if they want, can follow me on Barry Rose Yoga or Dharma Yoga Ohio on Instagram. And um, of course, always come to see me at Walden. That's the name of uh, the inn and spa Walden where I am here in Ohio and make like a beautiful journey for themselves. I love taking people through a journey of multiple days that they stay here and they grow both with all the beautiful massages and body work and scrubs and treatments that we do here from lymphatic drainage massages to hot stone massage or Reiki. And then also just taking yoga and meditation, incorporating it, eating plant-based meals. And it creates like a full journey for them to experience every day a little something more. And then after two days or three days, they feel transformed. I could do it for you in an afternoon or in one day, but imagine having two days or three days of detoxing and pulling through. It's amazing. Oh, absolutely. And so, so needed. Yeah. So that's where my, my passion lies now. Beautiful. Barry, thank you so much for your time, the light that you share, and for being such a beautiful friend. Decades and decades. Thank you. Decades. (laughs) And thank you so much, Monica, for having me here. It was just a delight and so special to share this journey, this path together. Absolutely. I just love you from the bottom of my heart. It's, it's, it's totally reciprocated. Please come back anytime. We have so much to talk about, so much catching up to do, but so much sharing with others. And I'm just grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Love you, my friend. Love you right back. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao. Ciao Bella. Ciao, 
Come to chest height water in the pool, arms distance away from the wall, and allow your hands to rest on the pool deck. Line up your feet underneath your hip bones. Feet are parallel to each other, especially through the heel. Lift all 10 toes. You're going to feel your body shift back, lower your toes, ground down through your feet. Lengthen. Feel the buoyancy of the water lifting you. Relax the shoulders and breathe in and out through your nose, please. Because we're in the water, take a jump. Feet wider than your hips flat on the pool floor. Push the small of your back towards the middle of the pool, away from the wall, and feel your whole torso lengthen. Arms are straight, pushing the wall away. They're active. Relax the shoulders. Hold and breathe. Take a jump back to standing and then step up onto your tippy toes and walk your feet back, 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 back. Arms are straight, plank pose. Push the wall away with your arms, engage them. Front of your body is the same length as the back of your body. Drop your hips slightly. Lift one leg. Allow your elbows to bend towards the floor. Forearms come up against the pool wall as your chest comes towards the pool wall. Drag that one foot behind you. Drop the leg that's floating up. And then push the wall away. And then the opposite leg floats up. Bend the elbows towards the wall. Chest comes to the wall. Leg that's floating drops to meet the leg on the pool floor. Toes are together. Squeeze your glutes. Let your heart float up and throw your head back. Breathe in and out through your nose. Then push the wall away again. Jump feet wider. Let your feet be in line with your hips as you're reaching for the wall but pushing it away. Hold and breathe. And then jump your feet together, finding your standing pose. Lengthening through your spine, hands on deck. Stretching is an activity that we all should be doing. Many of us don't stretch before or even after a workout. Stretching is fantastic for your body and in the pool, it's relatively painless. Our muscles are relaxed because of the buoyancy of the water. So with relaxed muscles, we're able to get a deeper stretch. Many of us have lower back pain that's caused from tight hamstrings. We may not even know that's the cause of our back ache. So stretching the hamstrings is pretty important. Here's a simple and fantastic stretch to try in the pool for your hamstrings. Come to chest height water facing the pool wall, standing upright and arms distance away from the wall. Stand up onto your tippy toes and walk your feet back, 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 back. Here's a good reason why I recommend wearing water shoes. It'll save your pedicure since you're leaning onto the tips of your toes. With your arms activated and your body slanted, the front of your body the same distance as your back of your body, so make sure that your tush isn't protruding towards the middle of the pool. Activate the arms, legs are straight, feet are together. And then bend your right knee in front of you, allowing your knee to come up towards the surface of the water. 
you're still standing on your tippy toe on your left foot. Flex your right foot and then kick that foot to the wall from your knee to your heel, placing your heel on the pool wall as high as you can go. It's okay if your knee bends. Maybe you try to pull your toes away from the wall so you have a good pressure on your heel against the wall. Holding this position, find your right hip and see if you can slide it back slightly, adding a little bit more to your stretch in your right hamstring. Hold and breathe. Five to 10 breaths is great. And then release your leg back to the floor, meeting your left leg, and repeat on the other side. You'll see how fantastic you'll feel in the back of your legs. Try it and let me know how it goes. Monocles is recorded live each week from the SoFlo Radio Studios in Hollywood, Florida. Written and produced by Monica Uribe. Directed by Christopher Hudspeth. With special thank you to George Rodriguez. All rights reserved.